Fundraising everywhere. 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 Welcome to the Fundraising Everywhere podcast, where we give you a glimpse into one of our amazing webinars or conferences. You can check out one of our full sessions and get a 50% discount by using the code FEPODCAST at fundraisingeverywhere.com. Yep, just head to the Fundraising Everywhere website and use the code FEPODCAST at the checkout to get 50% off any of our sessions. How are you today? Nice to see you all, or not see you all, but nice to see people arriving in the chat box. Uh, you are very welcome today. My name is Simon Scriver. I am one of the co-founders of Fundraising Everywhere, and I am joined today with our special co-host, uh, Alex Aguidas. So I'll get Alex on as well whenever Alex is ready. Oh, hello, Alex. Oh, hi. It's nice Bonjour. to see you. You got the memo about the uh, teal uh, top, I see. Teal tart, I would say this is more baby blue to go with my Is eye. that right? Okay, well, yeah. you got that memo. Always so in sync, can't we? Yeah, exactly. It's the uniform, the staff uniform. Uh, so anyone who doesn't know, Alex is our uh, marketing, our growth manager um, in fundraising everywhere and everywhere plus. And I'm very fortunate because usually I host these by myself, but I've got Alex joining me today. Uh, so very thank you, Alex. to be here. Thank oh, you it's lovely to be here. So you're all very welcome. If you haven't been to uh, a fundraising everywhere session before, um, we're going to be talking today uh, with some special knowledgeable guests um, uh, around the topic of radio and audio and podcasts and all things around that. Um, so do feel free to throw in any questions in the chat box as we're discussing with them. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to test out that chat box, you'll see it there next to our video. Please go ahead and say hello. Uh, it'd be great to introduce yourself. Let us know where you're tuning on in from. I'm already seeing uh, some familiar names. Hello, Claire and hello, Gillian. Always lovely to see you guys. Uh, Adele is here. Katie is here in Birmingham. Um, okay, it's not sunny in Birmingham, but fair enough. And we've got more people joining us as we speak. Um, so thank you all for joining us. And a special hello to all of our Fundraising Everywhere members, uh, always our VIPs, the people who make all of this possible. Um, so thank you to all of you. Um, Alex, What um, before we get started and before we bring our guests on, what have we got coming up for our fundraising everywhere community? If people are maybe here for the first time, yes. don't know what's coming up, want to have a have a taste of this and want more. So, um, as um, many of you will know, but not all of you, we have um, a whole host of different events that we run um, every single month. So, um, I will just run through chronologically. Uh, what we have coming up um so beyond today which is obviously our fantastic um radio webinar the next event that we've got coming up is a really really exciting one it's on tuesday and it's um the future of virtual events um 2022 research insights it's a report that we've had commissioned um in partnership with just giving and um, we've had an external researcher who's been looking after all of the research for us um speaking to about 436 charities i believe around that number and essentially Tuesday is a session which will go through all of the highlights of the report um, and it will tell you you know how charities have been using virtual um, events you know has that have virtual events been helping fundraisers reach their targets supporters um you know reach their goals um, and all attendees will get a free copy of that report so that's on Tuesday um don't worry about writing this down I'll, I'll drop everything in the chat box as well um, and then one week today we've got our legacy fundraising virtual conference um so I won't go into too many details about it but essentially it's um an incredible lineup of you know all of the big names in legacy fundraising so we've got something for whether you know you've never done legacy fundraising before and you want to um, start trying it out to, um, you know, very, very seasoned legacy fundraisers. Um, and then the next webinar that we have um, is Thursday, the 12th of May. And it's um, it's an insight and innovation masterclass delivered by Flying Cars Innovation. Um, so we've got Henry um, and we've got Anne that are coming to talk about all about how to shake up your, your programs. Um, and that's another free event as well. So that's everything for me. And I'll drop all the links in the chat box for you. 
Thank you, Alex. Great job. I see more people in the chat box. Good day to you, Sarah. Hello, Mandy. We've got another Simon in the chat box. Great name, Simon. Very impressive. Uh, you're all very, very welcome. So, right, let's get going. What we're going to talk about today, um, before we bring our guests on, we are talking about radio in particular and the power of audio. Now, radio um, in fundraising, in marketing, radio for charities and the different ways that charities can use radio is not something that I'm very familiar with. So I'm looking forward to learning today. Um, but radio, the way uh, it has changed and adapted over the years has been really impressive. But we've still got that core uh, radio, which sometimes we think of as, you know, I'm going to get pulled up on this, but sometimes we think of it as old fashioned, you know, conventional radio, but still very popular, still very effective. And still, you know, with our donors, uh, especially with our older donor base, still very, um, very much being used. And so there's definitely ways that we can tap into it. But we're also seeing this emerging audio coming out in the form of things like podcasts, in the form of social audio discussions, you know, uh, internet radio, all these different areas. And so, not only is it is it still there as a fixture in 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 our charity's repertoires, um, but there's also a growing area of of new tech that is coming in and actually you know adding onto it and, and developing it. So I'm really curious to see that. Um, but before we before we bring on our guests, I just want to play this one little audio piece because this is something um, that a uh, that was sent across to us. Um, it was put together by Roger Cutsworth at the White Label Studios. And it just demonstrates the power of audio. And so if we could just take two minutes, just I'm going to we're going to get you to close your eyes and listen to this. But if we can just play the uh, video and audio, let, let me know what you think. I want you to close your eyes and listen to the sounds I'm going to play you. When you hear the sound, I want you to picture it. Let yourself feel it. Let it take you there. stimulus more powerful more invoking more emotional more stirring more real than sound the world isn't just images colors and patterns so why would your business be any different how do you sound it might not be something you've ever considered but others have, and have seen it become the most iconic part of their brand presence. A song. A tune. A voice. A sound. Created with your brand values in mind. Used with consistency across all your marketing channels. And when your customers hear it, it's unmistakably you. There is no stimulus more powerful, more invoking, more emotional, more stirring, more real than sound. Let's find yours. I really like that. I really like, like, it's just so triggering, the cinema. It actually made me feel quite emotional. <laughs> the, ba the baby crying, I was like... Never again. 10, 10 <laughs> 11 years on, never again. It's just what, like, it really yeah, proves the point, doesn't it? Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, a little known fact, fact, Alex, and I don't want to bore people, but I sang with Pavarotti on stage when I was a kid. I was in a, Did you I was actually? In a Latin, yeah, I was in a Latin opera with Pavarotti. When, before my vo voice broke, I, I had the voice of an angel, and now Did I can't sing really? at all. you really? You and Alan yeah. Jones together. What can I say? Okay, I'm going to stop waffling. Let's bring on our guests. So we're very, very lucky today to have with us First of all, we have Hedley Finn, OBE, who is the founder of Radio Lollipop, uh, which founded over 40 years ago. Hello to you, Hedley. Uh, he's also the chair of Care Radio and a director of Lifetime Radio. And I've got lots of questions about all those. And then as well, we've got John Dash. And John Dash is the UK chair of Radio Lollipop, the CEO of Care Radio and a director of Lifetime Radio. He's also the previous CEO of the Radio Academy. 
Good morning, gents, or good afternoon, gents. Good evening. Good, afternoon, good evening, and thank you for calling. <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks for dialing in. Thanks for calling in. Long-time good listeners, first-time callers. Alex, we, we have to start. I have to start with the challenge. Um, Alex, are you, are you anywhere near Simon? I mean, can you um, throw something at him? Unfortunately, we are actually in very, very different countries right now, so we're not even in the same city. <laughs> All right, just this whole thing about 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 radio being old-fashioned. I, <clears> I think I think, I think what Simon's, remembering, Simon's remembering a thing called wireless, uh, and not the radio, but the wireless. I mean, radio is is one of the fastest-growing mediums in the world at the moment. So, Simon, yes, you're right. I was going to pull you up on it, and audiences are growing, particularly through the pandemic around the world. Yeah. And and I want to be educated on this. So when you when you're talking about it growing, what why is it growing again? Is this is this because of the internet or what's changing that's making this happen? I think I think there's a there's a series of things that are going on. One is the fact that people have they've watched enough telly and enough Netflix and enough. <laughs> but seriously, people are people are using radio now to communicate in in the way they used to in the old days. They used to tell stories in the old days. Now we're staying up to date by using radio and people. And I think one of the things that's really important potentially, Simon, for this conversation today is that actually radio has the ability and is becoming more and more local moment by moment it's becoming more and more pertinent to its actual listeners so so the number of big radio stations quite frankly aren't that important it's the number of people that are talking to a constituent when you talk about fundraising your 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 team on here will you know we're one of the things we will pick up on later on maybe is is you know local radio talking about local causes in local communities you will you know we're getting closer and closer and closer now and it's becoming more and more accessible for and I, I mean, I think that's a really important point about local radio, because sometimes, you know, when you think of mediums like TV um, and maybe even, you know, sometimes print and stuff, it can seem quite big, you know, and, and you know, I, I make the same mistake. I default thinking of like national radio. And I think this is maybe out of reach for a small charity. But when you start thinking about local radio or Internet radio, suddenly it becomes really accessible for smaller charities, doesn't it? Because it's it's like it's exactly their audience. And, and presumably those radio stations are always looking for content and always looking for partners. And that's the key point, I think. You know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a director of a number of small local radio stations as well, apart from the, the, the charity work. And, and the reality is we live, breathe and exist because we have local listeners. And it's those local listeners. Never be frightened to knock on the door of your local radio station and say, actually, we live three streets away or we live in this community and we think you'd be interested in this because the chances are they will be interested what you mustn't do is have too high an expectation and expect and expect to actually have an entire campaign run free of charge. But mm. be, they, they would they need to be ingrained in the community. Therefore, they will want to talk to you. They will want to hear what it is you're doing in the community, and they will ride off the back of that to show that they are part of that local community. I talk about it as a as a kind of radio station owner from that point of view. But the man who teaches all this stuff is John Dash. John is the guy who's worked at more radio stations than I've actually had dinners out because he's a, he tutors people in this stuff john let me throw this to you I, I want to challenge you back again simon because radio is the original streaming that's what it is it doesn't matter what platform it's going out <clears throat> radio goes out through smart speakers and if i say one of those names it will start up next to me so i won't say her name okay but it is the original streaming platform it's platform so it's the original streaming service it's platform neutral you can listen on smart speakers mobile apps fm dab carrier pigeon whatever it doesn't matter you listen to the radio because you're listening to a service and local is a really interesting phrase <clears throat> immunities is an even more powerful phrase radio stations around the world and around the uk let's start in the uk there are radio stations that are linked by the service they offer to communities you know, there are gay radio stations all around the UK that are linked together. They're not in the same place. Care Radio, for instance, talks to the care community around the UK. I listened to a station from Kilkenny and Dublin. Uh, sorry, Kilkenny and Ireland called KCLR, Kilkenny and Dublin. Yes, I know. You know it. Sure you do. Great station. Uh, I did work there for a while many, many years ago. But people listen to that service all around the world because it connects them with Kilkenny. It's a community of interest. And when we talk about charitable works, there's no doubt that 
you can be supporting a charity, whether you're listening in Port Talbot in South Wales or in Orkney. You can still be listening to the same radio station. That can still feel very intimate and close. So communities of interest really is the big growth area. And, and going back to that question, how much listening is really going on? More than ever is the answer. Yeah, absolutely right. there's more availability. You know, there are more platforms. There's more availability. And during lockdown, it was... It felt like a slight rebirth, actually, because people realized, yeah, you're right, Headley, and look what's happened since. Netflix was the place to go. It does seem to be going the other way now. I'm not saying it's the death of Netflix. But radio got the imagination going again because, as we know, radio and audio, as you heard from Roger's piece there at the beginning, it paints the pictures inside your own head. And what you paint in your, inside your head is always clearer and more colourful than something you watch on television. So radio is so powerful. Yeah, I guess. Oh, sorry, Simon. Yeah, please. I was just going to no, say, you know, it, it's. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to speak. I'm going to go for it. Go. Um, <laughs> it's been a long time coming because you know the growth of the podcast and the um, audiobook market. You know, over recent years, that's just gone from strength to strength. And you know, there's people that would cite, you know commutes and, and journeys and, and, and housework and all these things that you know we do in our day-to-day -day lives that have just been kind of brought to life and, to, and elevated to a new level thanks to you know that book that you listen to on audiobook or you know that radio station and that has that segment on a Sunday you know early afternoon that, that you just can't get enough of um, I mean the archers <laughs> never yeah. I'm, just, I'm just putting that out there <laughs> never it's so out. weird I like people on Twitter who are like my age or younger tweeting about the archers and oh. I mean and someone who who you know I'm an Irishman who grew up in Hong Kong I do not understand the archers but it, but I guess it's like you know it's a different audience like I listen to podcasts and podcasts fascinate me because what you know we're going to talk a little bit about advertising and, and how we market on it but podcasts fascinate me because I listen to it and then I realize I've been listening to an ad for like 10 minutes. And it's like, I haven't fast forwarded it because it's engaging and because you can kind of multitask while you're doing it. And Claire made the point, you know, she has the radio in the background while she's doing stuff. And and Claire, Claire, I gather, is a 21 or 22 year old woman. So she's a younger audience. Like everyone is listening to this stuff on some level in different ways. And so there is an untapped market, or not an untapped market, but a market there for us as charities trying to connect with, as John there says, is. communities. There is. Can I, can I just, just – Headley's introduced me by saying that I, I, um, I work with a lot of journalists and presenters, which I do, and radio station management to try and make what – or the audio managers – try and make what they do real. Because I'm sure we've all listened to radio stations where people just go – and you're not really listening because they're plastic. Yeah. So we want to make them real. Radio is amazing because it does two things. It gets your imagination going and it's great company. This is streaming, yep, where yeah. there are people talking. And the great thing about it, and this is what I love about it, you can do lots of other things while you're listening. Definitely. So you've got this passive listening thing going on. The radio's on over there. It's always on, right, in an office or at home then all of a sudden you realize you're really listening to it and you're really listening to it because it's got your imagination you can't turn away. And that's why radio works so well. It's on in the background and there's something in your head when you hear an appropriate word, a song, a jingle, whatever it might be, that makes you go, what's that? And you don't even realise you're doing it. That's the power of audio. I did it in the supermarket at lunchtime, actually. I was in the supermarket. <laughs> and often in supermarkets, the radio is on really, really low. Well, at least here in France, is that's where I live at the moment. And um, I was just picking something off the shelf, very mundane. I think it was like a cracker or something. And then I realised that a song was playing, which um, everyone in France sings to me because it basically... Oh just repeats my name over and over again and then I basically was just had cracker like mid you know in the air and then all of a sudden I just had to find my other half had to run to like whatever I only was and tell him I was like can you hear that song that's on the radio can, like, can I get can I get a bit personal with Simon here because although we have preempted this because I asked you a question earlier on uh -huh. remember what the question was I'm suspicious now tell me was... the question was What's the song that you really, when you listen to, you get really quite emotional about? And this can be a bit awkward. And you told me what it was. I'm just going to play a little bit of that, okay? So uh, yeah, give it a second. Here it is. 
Oh, Simon. I don't want to trigger you. Yeah, I've been done. It's funny, Alex, because it is like music is quite triggering. It like it transports kind of you back to a place. So first off, very similar to smell. It just completely takes you back to that place. What is it, Simon? Yeah, so I was talking about that song. That's um, the Water Boys song um, and um, the Fisherman's Blues. And basically, after my son was born, I remember he was a little baby. You know, it was only like the first couple months, and I remember that coming on the radio in the kitchen and me dancing around the kitchen with him and singing it to him. And it's like, even now, 11 years later, he's an 11 year old boy. Now when I hear that song, it's like, boom, back in the room. See, see the kitchen doesn't even exist anymore. Cause we got an extension in that kitchen and I I'm in that kitchen with him. It's like, it's so triggering. It's so powerful. It's, it's, it's moods, memories and feelings. It's not a song anymore. It's, 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 and, and Hedley would know an awful lot more about this. It's part of the soundtrack of your life. I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things that we do, I mean, so there are two things, three things that come out of what we're talking about. Firstly, Alex is, is to say that a subliminal piece of work that's going on in most retail around the world now is the audio track of your shopping. Uh, and John and I both have got various colleagues who actually will spend a lot of time putting together the soundtrack of your retail experience. And it is intended to make you linger longer. It is intended to make you leave the store having had a better shopping experience than with nothing going on in the background, apart from hearing a couple of people stacking the shelves, moaning about the cost of coffee. So it's actually intended to make you feel something when you're in that store. And most people feel it, but don't understand it. They don't know it's it going on. It worked today for me, for sure. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So it it has it has an emotional reaction for you there now yours was very obvious but there's a lot of subliminal stuff going on with it to make you stay longer and there are stores that actually will they slow you down with the music they play and it's done on purpose to make you linger longer and make you feel better so that's the retail experience I, Sorry, Simon, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I've heard that the opposite about restaurants, that they put in faster music in restaurants because yeah. they want you to eat faster and turn over the table. And it's also you own a restaurant, if you did a long time ago. Best way to make a small fortune, have a large fortune, buy a restaurant. But um, we used to suddenly play really slow music towards the end of the night to get rid of people. And it worked. Yeah. You'd think it would be fast music, but it wasn't. The psychology was it's really... It's like at the end of a dance, isn't it? At the end yeah. of a disco, they start putting on Oasis. But so, so we're, we're, we're talking about... Oh, yeah, go for it. For you, Alex, they do that. That doesn't normally happen. That's just, that's just your experience. <laughs> But on that thing, okay, let, let's bring it back to like, you know, because because I imagine where charities are getting a place on radio, yes, there's advertising, but there's interviews, there's, you know, coverage of their events and stuff like this. I'm curious, what is catching people's attentions on radio like how how do you engage people I remember, I remember hearing someone talk about radio advertising before and they were saying those annoying repetitive ads are actually really effective because they they stay in your mind because they're repetitive but like if if, if, a, if i as a charity fundraiser or a non-profit staff if i get my two minutes or five minutes on the radio how how, how do we keep this audience engaged what should we be saying and what should we be talking about it's all about people, Simon. It's all about personal. It's all about stories. And the nothing else matters. Do never go onto a radio station and say, we're trying to raise a million pounds to support 55,000 people. Come to a radio station and talk about your aunt who actually needs support. And actually, we need to raise 150 pounds. But we've got a big overall goal. But make it local because she actually lives in the town. And she knows the butcher or she knows, you know, she uses the railway. Or make it, make it local, make it personal. And it's no... It's actually no different from some of the social media stuff that goes on. You know, it's it's about making it personal. So if you make it for that individual, make it relevant to them, to the presenter you're talking to, to the news team, because they'll then carry it. And therefore, ultimately, to the listener who's actually listening, kind of going, well, actually, you know what? My auntie does that or needs that. So you make it local, make it personal. Uh, oh, I mean, we talk about that a lot in fundraising, don't we, Alex, that it's like, you you're not it's not about the fundraising it's not about the goals it's not about the charity it's about the stories of the people who benefit and the places that benefit so so it's bringing those in i guess that's why yeah the heroes as as we would call them and the best and the best um radio presenters that you will think of are the storytellers 
So if you yeah. go in there and you give them a good story, they'll help you bring the best out of that story because that's their job. They're not there to be linking songs. If they are, they should move on and do something else. But they're not there to be linking songs or branding the station. That's part of what they do. But the biggest and the most important thing they can do is help you tell the story. I love that's that. fascinating. That's really interesting. Um, and something that, that I'm thinking about now is, you know, we'll have some fundraisers and like charity workers here today that you know storytelling is, is such a core part of, of of what they do I mean it's a core part of being human right um, yeah. it's why we develop language to, to tell these stories um, if we were to take a step back from from that kind of the doing um, on the radio stations how would you like you know summarize what the charity radio landscape looks like you know to kind of any um, viewers listeners who who were new to this and, and, and want to learn more but don't really know much about it. I suppose it depends, doesn't it, really? You know, we can do it from our perspective as the, uh, you know, the owners of a new, it's so new it's it's hardly stepped up and started walking yet, it's still toddling, but it, 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 it's a new radio station that is supporting a sector in the UK that is unsupported, which is carers, some people even know they're carers, and, the, and, and, and paid for carers and unpaid carers. So it's the NHS, it's care home workers, and it's the unpaid carers who look after relatives and friends. That's what we do. And we've seen. Uh, you're, you're talking about lifetime radio here. Is no, that no, care radio. You guys have so many fingers and so many pies. No, I know, I know. They're all, they're all interlinked. Okay, but, care, care so radio. On care radio, you're right. But the, that, you know, we shine a light on charities. Okay, so, you know, one thing I would say to everybody watching this right now, that we will support any charities because that's you know, like charitable radio as well who are part of this. We support charities and we'll put a, we'll shine a torch. We'll amplify what you do by promoting it to our listeners in conversations or pre-recorded pieces, but mainly trying to tell a story. But if you want to approach a radio station, they are crying out for great content Absolutely. Whether it be a BBC local radio station, I do a lot of work with them. They've got hours of speech to fill. They're looking for great stories. What they're not looking for are facts and figures, unless there's a story behind them. Exactly what we've been saying. But then there are dozens and dozens of local stations. The big stations like The Heart and the Capital, uh, LBC and all those, they're great. They're really good listens. But it's unlikely that they're going to find space for you. Mm. But if you if you turn up and talk to, you know, the 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 community station in, let me think of an example, um, in, okay, in Wakefield, right? <clears throat> Wakefield, Yorkshire. Yeah, got it. And and anybody who comes from that area would know that what I'm about to say makes sense. Anybody that doesn't would go, what a stupid name for a radio station. It's called Rhubarb Radio. What a stupid triangle. Yeah, so they are totally in tune with their with their area. But somebody who comes from Manchester would go, "What a stupid name for a radio station." <laughs> However, they but it doesn't matter. No, they're looking for content. So if you are in that area, <clears throat> if you've got a story that's relevant in the Wakefield area, multiply that all around the UK, you will get on air. So if, if I find a fundraiser, sorry, sorry, I, oh, yeah, yeah, go, go on. Sorry. I think you're going to ask the same question as me. Okay, like, cool. On a, on, a very, on a very practical level. Yeah. If I'm a fundraiser, yeah. I So let's say, so I was an individual giving fundraiser and before I, I did this role. So I've been in the charity sector for about 11 years. And I would have, you know, a program of different activities, whether it be, you know, face-to-face -face fundraising, whether it be, you know, telemarketing, whether it be direct mail, email, whatnot. And I'm looking to, you know, expand my audience. Um, I'm looking to bring in new donors, raise more money. Um, and I've heard about radio because I've been to the session and it sounds really cool. How do I do that? Like, what do I do? You know, like I have some cool stories because that's what I use um, in my direct mail appeals. But what do I do? I guess I go to a local station and say, I've got this cool story. Will you run some ads and help me make them? Or is it more like, grand? Are you literally or... picking up the phone well, and cold calling them? Yeah. Ads is, ads is not what it's about. I mean, ads at the end. So it's of the not day, about ads. So that's interesting because I this. feel. If you've got money, it's what? Right. It's, so it's, it's expensive. Yeah. Well, no, no, I wouldn't so, say it's expensive. Okay. If you've got a budget for it, fine. But if you don't have that budget and you simply have a great story, and within that story, as you said earlier on, you want to get a message across that that's a great story. This is what we do. Here's an event that raises money for it. Great. But you have to have the story at the top. 
that is content for those presenters and that radio station. How you get it to them is your is your creativity. Is it is it that you drop them a note on Facebook? Do you get their email address? Do you ring up the station? Do you walk in because it's actually just around the corner? So would you say it's fair to say it's kind of on a scale? So let's say you're a smaller organisation, you don't have as much budget, but you've got some fantastic stories that you want to tell. You could go down the kind of like the more content um, end of the scale and, and kind of provide those to local stations. But then if you're a much l- larger organisation, you've got, you know, I don't know, 10 grand a month to to, to put into to radio advertising. That's where you could see results through having, you know, regular ads that are going out to ask people to join an email list, to give a gift, to, to sign up to a regular gift. Well, as Headley is a director of a successful uh, group of radio stations. And that's how it works, Headley, isn't it? Absolutely. So, you know, we sell advertising to people because we need the income to keep the station going. But the people that we're keeping it going for are local people who've got local stories and local issues. So there are both levels, Alex. You know, yes, if you've got a budget, I'll take the money off you tomorrow so we can actually run a proper campaign for you and help you put that campaign together. Because messaging and they're effective. Yeah, they, messaging, they deliver results. Absolutely. I mean, radio is the most cost effective medium you can use in any, across any of the you know the the the, the mediums uh, from the point because it's actually not as expensive as you'd expect and quite frankly if you came to our station with ten thousand pound we'd bite your arm off and you'd be a gold sponsor so you need hundreds you don't need thousands when you talk to local radio stations wow. so put that in your I'd start to understand that the second writing thing it is, all down Headley <laughs> the second thing is that actually <laughs> if you go and if you, it's all about triggering uh, radio stations are run by people. And if someone comes along to one of our stations and actually has a conversation with our journalists and think there's a real story there, something that we as the station can engage with and support. Okay, so I mean, I'll, I'll fess up one of the radio stations that I'm involved with is on the Isle of Wight. There's a hospice on the Isle of Wight, and every year they, the hospice does a walk the Wight. Okay, so it's a, it's, it, it's a day-long walk for 28 miles. Oh, uh, 28 24 miles it's too far for me to walk but it's it's a it's a day-long walk now as a radio station the hospice give us a little bit of money to help to promote it and to help oil the wheel of the conversation but we send journalists on it we cover it in the news we run adverts for it we'll get people to phone in and tell us their stories we'll use socials on it we'll you know we will we'll, we'll wind up the we'll wind up to the event itself not necessarily because they've given us money but because if you live on the Isle of Wight, the hospice is one of the most needed facilities and everyone on the island knows someone who's been through the hospice. So it's about community contact, community engagement and local importance. So if I do something now, if I was to do something for a cat's home in Shropshire on the Isle of Wight, I'm going to get no buy in from that at all. It's all but about I can, proximity. Yeah, yes. It's about the connection. So I can tell you now that, that, that at least three or four of our presenters have had family who've gone through the hospice. So they mm. want to help. Make it local, make it emotional, and make it a story. And, and myself and myself and Headley work with another charity called Fighting with Pride, and, and, and their remit is to make reparations to those that were kicked out of the military for being gay, which in their lives were ruined. And that's twenty years ago, but there's still a big deal to be done there. So we work with them. Uh, you know, they're a great charity. They're, they're they're really enjoyable to work with, and the cause is very strong. Now, we, we produce some campaigns for them that have run on radio. We produce some audio content that run on radio. But where it's most successful is where the station goes, have you got anything local for us? And, of course, we have. We can usually find somebody who's an ex-serviceman, a woman, who was kicked out. And their story then becomes incredibly powerful. So there are ways in which you can use radio stations to say, okay, that's a straightforward advertising campaign. This is the message. This is what you do. You know, there's an end result to it. And then there's really grabbing people and telling a good story. If you can put the two together, which you can on radio, you've got a great result. Absolutely. Does that answer the question, Alex? It does. It does. It's I think things like radio, it's an interesting channel because everyone we've been listening to radio before we even knew how to walk you know, and it's something that we all do every day. But as a fundraiser who has been in this position before where people are starting to talk about new channels and radio, it can feel a little bit scary to, to people yeah. that have not embarked on this stuff before. It's, and sometimes it's, it's, it's a case of you don't know what you don't know. So that's why I was yeah. just trying to get a few of the kind of like really like basic, like tangible um, actions from, from you both. And that was helpful. Thank you. 
so I think I think just in summary, a couple of things. Don't with respect, I wouldn't go and talk to Capital Radio or to BBC Radio Four and try and get your story out there because that's going to be a really hard ask. Um, what you must yeah. do is find a local organisation that you want to get some support from and make sure that the conversations and stories are local. And you need to grab their attention. So things like a handwritten letter through the through the through the letterbox for the radio station. That's a really to, nice, yeah, to, that's to, a nice touch. To the news editor because it's local because you live locally. You know, do you have any idea how many emails we get into the organisation on a daily basis that we have to screen before we can actually even start the conversation? So make yourself stand out in some way. Now, you can do that with radio. You will never achieve that with television unless you get one of those miracle moments where, you know, you get to go on the couch for for the breakfast show. And again, Mm. people spend a huge amount of time and energy trying to get themselves on the couch. And often don't don't be beguiled by the fact that because it's on national TV or national radio, it's going to be more successful. The most successful fundraising comes from local if local activities and local fundraisers that mean something to the local people mm. that's what you need to focus on. because it's more relevant isn't it i mean it, it comes yeah. back so i think i think there's an element there of matching you know similar to corporate fundraising where if you're a small tiny local charity you're just not going to get the big national tesco partnership so use your time wisely to match with the one that's most likely and most relevant and, and has the most yeah, overlap sure. and i think i think that's a lesson across all fundraising really isn't it and a lesson for the future for radio, and your, your timing for this is, is perfect, absolutely perfect, because right now a whole new radio platform is launching around the UK. Ofcom, who are responsible for this, have been trialling a new platform, and that platform allows in local areas a multiplex that can have 20 radio stations on it, and they cannot be hard Classic FM or any of these. They're great stations, but they can't be on it. So they have to be local to some degree. So there are 200 of these multiplexes launching over five years. That is an expansion of purely local radio that's unprecedented. And all those stations are going to be looking. So if you, for instance, go onto the Ofcom website, it's not easy to find because it's (laughs) full of red tape, as you can imagine, but buried in there because it's all brand new and it's just launching you will find a list of areas all around the UK that will have these multiplexes. In other words, their platforms, transmitters for up to 25 stations. You can then take your pick and contact them. Now, it'll become easier in each area because they will be advertising. The first one has just launched in Newcastle. There are 190 odd to follow. So this is an opportunity for charities to pick up on having their voice heard. Because the other side of that is trial it on a small station and you might be really good at it and get onto a bigger station and who knows where it might yeah. go. Mm, that's interesting. Let me, just, um, to, just to add to John's figures there, so John's talking about what's coming in the future. Right now, there are just over 600 radio stations in the UK, 600 of them. There are two, on top of that, there's just over 200 community radio stations. And then, and then if you then you can add to that lot John's new lot that are coming on, which are on digital broadcasting. So radio is at a huge trajectory upwards. And the most important thing, come back to what John said a minute ago, is it's all about local radio. So you know where where you live in a local in a locality, you'll have town radio going on within the next year or two, five years. Town radio, and they want the content and they want to support you locally. So you go from town region to area so so let's say we've kind of we've got um a bit of a lay of the land of like the charity landscape um we i mean i think the video at the start proved how emotive and how triggering you know audio only can be and we know that that market's kind of been growing for some time um we know as a you know fundraiser how we might go about identifying a radio station to to try and get on and, and you've given us a few tactics as to how to do that um what what advice would you give to charities who are at that stage? You know, they've got, they've made contact with a radio station. Um, they know who they want to broadcast through, but they're struggling to understand how to um, how to package up their their story, their mission, their cause, whatever it is, and um, for radio and make that emotive. Okay, I think the the starting point is well, what are you trying to get onto the radio station? If you are trying to get an ad on the radio station, then you need to get some professional services to do it. Because interesting, like what? 
well, there are plenty of companies out there, agencies and such like, who will make that ad. And although they don't all have a reduced rate for charities, a lot do, and they have some social responsibility. There are many agencies that I work with. I mean, I'll just say Care Radio. Care Radio, sorry, Care Radio launched with £300,000 of items in kind from the radio industry. They want to support charities. They're looking for a way to support it. Now, not every station will do your ads for free, but they will do them at a cheaper rate. They'll do them at an advantageous rate. So if you're looking to have an ad made, there's no point in looking to make it yourself. You need to get it made professionally, otherwise it will not work. The second point then is, okay, if you're looking for you to be on the radio or your spokesperson or, or, or one of your advocates to be on the radio station, there's a little bit of coaching there, but the biggest, biggest item would be, for goodness sake, be yourself, mm. because that's what the listener is listening to. It doesn't really matter that much about the person who's in the studio. It's the person listening. That's the person you're talking to. So be yourself. And the final piece I would always say, and I hear this and it really bugs me, as Headley would know, uh, the issue is when people go on the radio, they then become a strange authoritarian version of themselves rather than being the representative of charity with a great story to tell. So if you do end up on the radio, whether it's recorded, a recorded interview, whether it's down the phone or down the line, whether it's in the studio, whether it's an outside broadcast, talk directly to the listener. Yeah, I know you're being interviewed by somebody, but talk directly to the listener. Yeah. Imagine the listener, singular, not listeners, singular. You're trying to appeal to one person. You're not trying to speak to an audience from a stage. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever gets anywhere with that. And it's, yeah. as fundraisers, I think, you know, we totally get that. So I think it's really yeah. useful to hear from experts such as yourself, actually, you know, the craft itself, how you get there might be different, but the craft itself is very similar to how how we as fundraisers speak to donors, you know. Exactly. And Alex, if you're going to go to a radio station and, you know, the chances are you're not going to rock up at the radio station front door, knock on the front door, hand in a letter and say, I'd like to get some support for my charity without knowing what it is you want. What you need to do is to be realistic and make it personal. So, you know, you need to have your story ready. You need to go in and say, actually, I'm trying to raise funds because my mother's got cancer. I'm trying to raise funds because we're trying to do this, that or the other. Um, And and actually, how can you help me? And if you came to one of our stations, and I suspect if you go to most of the 500 of the 600 radio stations across the UK, if you can get through the door, they, as John is saying, they would help you with commercial production because they've got teams of people that do it. They could help you with copywriting. They could help you shape your story. If it becomes personal, they'll embrace you. So make it personal. And, and I guess it's in their interest as well to have good quality content on it. So they don't oh. want you to come on and be, you know, crap. Content they is want, king. Content yeah. is king. And, and the reality, Simon, is that if, if they look good, your station looks good. <laughs> You know, on each of our stations, I mean, we've just we've just launched a campaign on one of our stations called Ten Thousand Tins. So we're we're trying to collect ten thousand tins for for food banks, uh, and we're going to we're running that as a campaign at the moment. And we're doing that with the food bank, and we're doing it because it's topical, it's important, it's local. People can't afford food, and it's actually good for us. It's good for our listeners to feel that they're doing something good. It's good for our team because they actually feel that they're contributing back into the society that's listening mm-hmm. to them, and it's good for people that need the food. Hmm. One more, one more thing. If, you know, on a practical point of view, do your research on the radio station. Too often, too often, people contact, especially by email. People contact you and say, hey, "Listen, you know, um, we're a charity to do this, 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 and this." Uh, they clearly do not realise that this radio station is doing completely the opposite. Uh, and and it, it, you're never going to get a chance then, are you? But know that station. Know roughly what the demographic is. You've got to look at their website. Yes. Look at the website. They'll tell you most things about the brand. But then just yeah. dig a little bit further, you know. What area do they cover exactly? They'll always tell you. Listen website. to them for half an hour or so, you know. That's exactly the right <laughs> thing. <laughs> Yeah, work smarter. Let me. I, I'm conscious of time going, and time is yeah. actually flying by because you got. And how are we doing in the chat box as well? I can talk to you. Yeah, There's well, I, I, spe- I can see that. Specifically, want to um, bring in Simon's question because Simon is asking about podcasts, and 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 we do need to talk about things like podcasts mm. and internet radio. You know, p- people like our friends at Charitable Radio, who I yeah. I think or I hope are here today. 
you know, we're seeing more of this internet radio, we're seeing more of these podcasts. Is it the same premise? But I mean, on top on, on top of like podcasts, to Simon's point in the chat box, podcasts, he's asking are podcasts more valuable because they live on, you know, like radio is live, whereas podcasts is there to be listened back to and to grow. Um, but are the principles still the same? I mean, is it still the same kind of approaches, same kind of communication? And then back to what you said at the beginning, John, it's still finding your community. You know, that podcast can be... I, John, you kind of blew my mind with that. That podcast can be local too, yeah. because it's a community that you're talking about. So are we talking about the same thing, whether it's traditional radio, podcast, internet radio, it's still those relationships? There, there are, uh, we're talking platforms, not content. You know, um, it's all audio. I understand that there's a difference between podcasts and radio, but if you are hooked into listening to the archers, you don't turn away. If you're listening to a program on Radio 4, which is revealing an amazing piece of information over a 40-minute period, you don't turn away. If you're listening to Jeremy Vine's show on Radio 2, why? No, joking. If you uh, listen to Jeremy Vine's show on Radio 2, sometimes you have to go off to go to the loo. Sometimes you have to change the baby's nappy. Sorry, Simon, didn't want to bring back the memories. Um, but, you, you know, there are other things you have to do. So you have it on. It's on. Therefore, it's still powerful. You're absolutely right. If you choose to watch a video, great. Sometimes the television's just on. You know, these are basically, it's delivery platforms that we're talking about. So is, um, is our podcasts more valuable than live radio? They are both very powerful indeed. Mm. There is no way of saying one or the other. That's which would you prefer to eat, an apple or a pear? An apple. <laughs> and <laughs> online stations are just radio stations. To, to Kate, the same as radio, because if I turn to this speaker here and say, <clears throat> play charitable radio, it doesn't know the difference. It's just a radio station. When I say just, it's a radio station. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it doesn't matter where it comes from. It's still a radio station. And you, you can do that if anyone has a uh, one of those Amazon things. I'm not going to say the name. You can ask it to play charitable radio, and it will play charitable radio. Um, Katie's asked the question in, in the chat box about measuring how effective your your spot on the radio is, your segment on the radio is. How, how do you how do you do that? How do you know what's working and what's not working? Headline. From, from the from the feedback that you get, um, it, it's really important. So so many advertisers on radio are actually commercial advertisers on radio the majority of them are actually massaging their egos a lot of them actually they're not they're not so much trying to sell as actually massage this is local radio i'm talking about they're massaging their egos if you're going to advertise or spend time effort and energy on on, on a campaign you need to actually find out you need to have your own group of people are they listening how does the message land uh, and then what's the outcome and i mean often on these things what you'll do is if you're a commercial organization you might say you know if you walk into the store and tell us the word radio, we'll give you 10% off. So there's a measurable in there, but mm. the rest is actually don't do it on its own. You need to do it with socials. Mm. You need to do it with as part of a campaign. You're not going to yeah. rely on radio just to do it on its own. You're going to use it as the aggregator, the broadcaster, and because it is a broadcaster, uh, mm. to actually reach numbers of people to alert them to it. But you must have the follow-up. Don't try and do it without giving people the mechanism whereby they can turn that thought or that emotional response into an action that you need. So have that action ready and easy for them. Well, that's and that's I useful as – sorry, sorry. I was just going to say that. Just... <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so we'll, so we'll, we're professional radio type hosts. We'll, we'll host this one, Simon. Thank you so much. <laughs> Alex, you're, really you're, you're way, you, you have much better questions than me. What are you going to say? No, it wasn't a question. It was just to um, add on to uh, Katie's question um, from like a fundraising perspective as well. I mean, it's really useful to hear that radio is just one channel of like a multi-channel campaign. I think that's really, really useful advice for our um, watchers and our uh, attendees today. But um, um, if you've ever heard of something called um, attribution analysis, um, that's the kind of analysis that we use as marketeers to understand how um, how, a, how a channel where you don't have that kind of like clear feedback loop is performing. So things like train panels or like billboard ads or like any out of home kind mm. of thing. Radio, you can you can attribute it in a similar way. So essentially you want to see on your graph yeah. as I spend more money do I raise more money in its most basic form? That's what it is. But if you want to learn more about it, it's called attribution analysis. And um, it can be a little bit tricky to get everything set up to be able to quantify it. But once you have, yeah. all of this kind of stuff is really easy to, to attribute. 
It's, um, um, it's it, a really good question there from Dan. I'd, I'd yeah, like to come to if you're okay, Simon. But yeah, we'll... absolutely, because because I think that ties in nicely with Dan's question, which is about that call to action. You know, should we be sending people to you know his text to donate? Here's our social media address. Here's a web address. You know, what what are your thoughts on that, guys? What what call to action should we I've be? I've got a really clear view on this. So, um, and I will typify it by saying this. Um, I'll give ten pounds to the first person who texts me. You know, seven five three four two five four double two with the word four. Well, you're never going to hear it, are you? Yeah, don't say that slower. If that was written down on a piece of paper, you would look at it and you'd go, right, I'll do that. But you can't hear it on the radio. You can't hear it because nobody can take in that sequence of numbers. Have a listen to any radio station, and every so often a novice presenter will come along and throw text numbers at you and throw phone numbers at you. And you just can't take them in because you're too busy changing nappies. You can't do it. But the best way is to send people somewhere really simple. They got it on and they're going, what do I do? Give them a really simple message. So if you're going to use text, and it doesn't work for every demographic, but it does work for certain demographics, unbelievably, if you're going to send people, get a short code and a keyword. You know the usual thing? Mm. Text John <laughs> 64343 or whatever it might be. That for, a is good time, for a good time? For a good time, text costs five that's, Yeah, that's really good advice as well. I mean, we do that at fundraising everywhere. So, yeah, it works makes really well. sense. Yeah, but then the yeah. other side of it is, look, you know, if you don't have one of those, if you're going to read out a, a mobile number or a phone number or a long convoluted email address, hey, don't do it because nobody will take it in. Mm -hmm. However, if you do the simple thing, which is look us up on Google, you're done. Yeah, and I've noticed more and more people doing that where they just like search for this phrase, search. search for this word. Well, we did it, Simon, for, yeah. for our radio stuff. Yeah, if you, SEO as well is important for that kind absolutely. of stuff. Absolutely. If you're, but if you're engaged with one of our teams at one of our stations, I would say to you that what we're going to do when we talk this thing up on air or have you in for an interview is say, come to our come to our website for further details because I'm also trying to drive traffic to my website as a radio owner. So I'm going to say, if you want more information about the stuff that Alex is talking about, please come to xyz.com radio station. Then you'll find it there on our website. And then we can redirect and bounce you out from there because that internet traffic is worth money because everyone who comes to my website, I'm actually getting a payment for because of the advertising that's also on the website. So keep the benefit in it for me as well. Nice. nice. Okay, we're, we're coming towards the end, but I, I have to make time for this because I have to ask you about Radio Lollipop because Radio Lollipop, before I, before I got introduced to you guys, it was not something I'd heard of. You know, as, a, as again, Irish person who grew up in Hong Kong, maybe we don't we didn't really have it. But what is Radio Lollipop? It's a, it's a it's a support service for children in hospital, Simon, that we started forty plus years ago. Um, and what we do is we set up in a in a children's hospital, and we've, we're in thirty six children's hospitals around the world. We set up a radio station so that we, as a group of volunteers, and we're a completely voluntary organisation, we as a group of volunteers can actually interact with the children in the evenings and at weekends when there's no surgery and no no other processes or procedures going on. We can actually play the kids' music. They become the DJs. We've got some of the world's youngest disc jockeys. We've got we've got kids playing music and and presenting shows that that are unbelievable. We give the kids a voice and a choice when they're in hospital. And what we do in addition to the radio, and this is the more important bit, is we actually attend the bedside of the child with craft activities and play activities that interact with the radio, and give the chances and give the children a chance to become recognized become important and become more importantly a winner so you know we, we do lots of prizes we do lots of activity with the children where we're trying to make them win something and it's not necessarily kids that are the best at doing things that needs to win we'll very often our volunteers will maybe i shouldn't say this live but i mean our volunteers will actually manufacture a winning situation for a child who's had a bad chemo day, whose parents have gone home. It's the first day in hospital. It's their fifth time back. They're in pain. And so we'll do something with those kids to make sure that they are one of the evening's winners. We'll have 20, 30 winners per night um, and make sure that they get celebrated and noticed and they feel fantastic about themselves. So it's as much about the kind of psychosocial support and the mental well-being of the child as it is about them being DJs and listening to their own music. And just very quickly, I'll just tell you one story from one of our sites that always sticks with me, is that actually if you play the right piece of music for a child, you can make them move. And I know that sounds inane, but actually, you know, we, we had a child, he was 14 years old, he hadn't got out of his bed for weeks, um, and we actually got to play him his favourite piece of music, which was Gangman Star. 
And he actually nice. He took he took his drip and he actually sat on the edge of his bed and he was determined to dance. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's you know, the, the, the amazing stuff. It is the amazing thing about the Radio Lollipop family, and everybody is welcome. Although we have one of the most, as you can imagine, because we're in children's hospitals, one of the most rigorous systems to ensure everybody does their job correctly and is vetted correctly. But we have thousands of volunteers. One of the most amazing things is a significant number of those volunteers are children previously who were looked after by Radio Lollipop. So they've grown up and they wanted to give something back. And it's one of the most heartwarming things you can see. I mean, it's an absolute delight. It really is. Yeah, I still this do. is a charity yeah. itself. This is a, this is an actual yeah. charity you set up, Headley. You're, you're yeah, one of yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 you know, with, I mean, you know, as I say, we've got 36. We've got 36 sites in five countries. Uh, it goes 24/7. We've got teams in there, despite or in, depending on the pandemic and whether we're we're allowed in or not. But but in the normal world, we're we're there most evenings and weekends with kids from New York to Brisbane, from Johannesburg to Great Ormond Street. So. Um, we have teams in there every day. And and as John says, the lovely thing is that a lot of the kids will come back and go, hey, my turn to give back now. I'm coming and, you know, I, 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 want, I want to become a lollipop volunteer. Well, you can't become a volunteer till you're 18 with us because of a whole range of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, we have kids counting down to their 18th birthday, which is <laughs> something I'm very proud of. <laughs> And and if the children's hospital ever opens in Dublin, it's a few years and a lot of <laughs> we want to be there. Headley's going to get in touch with me so that I can get involved. So I love Simon, you, you will become an advocate for us. I have to tell I you, you're it. doing. It. Have you written that down, Headley? Because I'm fascinated. Well, it's recorded. Well, I've just been captivated by this I, whole. Yeah. I love it. This whole okay, session. Guys, Thank okay. you. It's I, been amazing. You, you two, you two, as I said, have fingers in a lot of pies, so I can't keep you for too long. So as we wrap up, what's the last bit of advice you would give for for people who are trying to crack into this or trying to make it work for them? What what's your what's your you know from all your years' experience, guys? What is I the would, what is the big I, learning? I, I would actually say, I mean, John will come up with something really profound, but I think what what, what what I would actually say to you is, at the end of the day whether it's a radio station, a TV station, a fundraiser, every single thing you touch in fundraising or, or comms terms is about the person you're talking to and the people you're trying to reach. So it's it's people, 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 people all the time. So make friends with the journalist at your local radio station if that's where you want to go. If you need your money, you talk to your roundtable charity boss. You know, it's about people. It's not about pushing messages out on the internet. It's about connecting with people. And I, I just just as a last story, once we, we launched Radio Lollipop in Birmingham, the media were not for some reason that turned on. They weren't that interested in joining us at, at the launch event and we were getting no responses from them. Uh, and so what we did was we got a whole bunch of balloons. We, we wrote our press releases. We got the kids to write the press releases. We delivered them to all the radio stations that they all came. But we put them on balloons. We, nice. we love the creativity. Balloons to the journalists all around Birmingham with a kid's message on the bottom tied in and, and asking them to come to the event, and they all came. My, my message would be that the biggest radio audience in Europe ever was to one presenter link on one presenter show in the UK, and it was Terry Wogan's last breakfast show on Radio 2. At the end of the show, because it was the second time he'd given up, but he had done that show for the best part of 35, 40 years, and he had one of the biggest audiences in the world. On one particular link, you're not going to get everybody, but clearly it was his last link on the breakfast show. This is, this is a changing of the guard at Buckingham Palace. This is phenomenal, you know? And he was surrounded, and there are pictures online and videos online. He's surrounded by the press. He's surrounded by TV crews. It's bizarre. I've got that link. What he said was, thank you for being my listener. Mm. One word, listener. And, and as a result of that, it's what I would always say to anybody that goes on the radio, whether they're a journalist, whether they're a presenter, whether they are Tony Blackburn. But most importantly, when it's you, is just remember that Wogan bond with the listener. It's incredibly powerful. Guys, this has been an absolute pleasure. It's been lovely talking to you. Yes, if if people want to want to follow along more with what you want to do, uh, with what you guys do, we've got radiolollipop.org. Uh, I do recommend you check out radiolollipop.org. 
what else should people be keeping an eye on from you guys? Where else? Care, careradio.org as well, because that's um, Watch the Space. And it's one year old on the 9th of June, and we have not even started to toddle yet, have we, Edley? No, that's that's about celebrating the care sector in the UK. And, and it's been very well received because nobody else is actually talking to the whole care sector. So thank you for having us on, Simon and Alex. It's been a delight to talk. It's a trouble, isn't it? If you're in radio, I know we need we need more time. But yeah, it's been it's been Always. so nice, guys. And well, thank uh, you really lovely to see well. you. Everybody who's joined us, thank you. I'm sure we'll have you on again down the road. Oh, I hope so. Thank you. Thank you. And before I forget, um, I'm just going to share the links for the events, um, which I didn't do previously. So um, those are all in the chat box for you. So we've got the Future Virtual Events Research Insights unveiling. um, That's on Tuesday. We've got Legacy Fundraising Virtual Conference a week today. And then we've got the Innovation Masterclass at the start of May as well. So, um, yeah, we hope that you can come along to that. We hope that you've enjoyed today. Um, And it's been great having you watch along with us. Yeah, it's been great having you on the, on this, Alex. You should do the, all these with me. It's great fun. We should um, always match and, and wear matching t-shirts. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. I'll give you. I'll make sure you have a headband for next time, though. You look I'll a bit set silly up a without one. Channel about our uniform. Cool. Um, nice. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. It's been lovely to see you in the chat box. We hope to see you at a future uh, event. Do keep an eye at fundraisingeverywhere.com. As always, you'll see what's coming up. And, and as always, reach out to myself or to Alex or anyone on the Fundraising Everywhere team. We can never help you with anything. Uh, we're here for you. But lovely to see you all. Have a good rest of your day. And good afternoon. Take care. See you next time.